Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Conversations with business expert authors to learn about the author, their expertise, and to help you find your next read. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and CEO of Influence Network Media, Jody Brandsetter. Carla, thank you so much for joining us in the Book Smarts Business Podcast. I am so excited to hear about your latest book. But before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about you and your expertise. Jody, thanks so much for having me today. And I feel so smart being on a podcast that says Book Smart. <laughs> and it's, um, you know, my background, it's, and you and I were talking just a minute ago, I feel like I'm the accidental author. I have just kind of a jack of all trades background. I started out in university studying electrical engineering. I'm the youngest of five kids and all of my four older siblings are very left brain and I was good at math and science. And so I thought, now yeah, that sounds good. After a couple of years, I realized that's really not my thing. And I have a, um, an undergraduate degree in business and history and a master's degree in history. And that's actually what led to my first book. As I worked through college, one of my first jobs was doing marketing for an architecture firm because their specialty was historic preservation. And I could always write. And so I did marketing for them. And my master's thesis was on the history of the Union Pacific Railroad stations in Omaha, Nebraska. So that was that was my blend of expertise. I know it's really like people are sitting on the edge of their seats right now, you know, kind of right up there with, with um, Stephen King with book titles there. But it was a specialty publisher picked it up, one that focused on railroad history. So I, I felt lucky getting into the author space because I didn't have a lot of the stress and angst and nervousness about, am I going to be able to publish my book? I, I just got really lucky. And from there, that was published 20 years ago. It was in uh, 2001. And once I had that, it was really a nice blend with what was now my marketing experience. And I, one of my first clients when I left the corporate world to be a writer and have my own business was Western Union. And when I finished a, a loyalty program for them, they said, you know, we have somebody who would like us to do a, a corporate history. Do you know any anybody who does that kind of thing. And I said, well, I know marketing, branding, and believe it or not, I'm a history major. And so it was just an, an, an incredibly fun project to work on the, the history of such an iconic company. And then I've done histories for the Omaha District Corps of Engineers. I've done them for some other nonprofits and private organizations. So that was a lot of them. And then moving into marketing books, B2B marketing, story-driven customer experience, and now the a couple of contributions to books that led to this one that came out a month ago. And it's been a fun meandering ride, but I really enjoy it. That is such an interesting way to become an author. I will, you know, Carla, first time I've heard that one. So that is so cool. Usually my next question is, why did you decide to become an author and write a book? But I'm, I'm going to twist it on you. And Carla, I want to know, why did you decide to write your latest book? It was interesting. And it's a good question, Jody, because what I started to see as a trend is as I would, I do a lot of speaking, professional speaker. And people would come up to me and say, I, I love these stories that you tell and the ideas that you share, but I'm just not an idea person. I could never do that. And since I was a little kid, I have never been short on ideas. And I just didn't understand how people could think that way. Like for me, there aren't enough lifetimes to go through all the ideas that kept popping into my head. And what I realized is that it wasn't that people weren't creative. It's that 
they didn't know how to bring their ideas forward. What I wanted to answer with this book, Rethink Innovation, is whether or not there is a process that could be documented for people to use to consistently come up with great ideas that have an impact. And if it can be documented, is it something that people can learn and, and teach to their teams and other people around them? And, and the answer is yes. And it took me five years to research and, and write this book, which makes me sound like I'm not very book smart, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't five solid years and, and a lot of experiences in, in testing out models and formulas to see what actually worked. And as I talked to these prolific innovators, and when I think of a prolific innovator, it's somebody who's able to consistently come up with new, great and reliable ideas over a long period of time, decades, decades of their career. I would ask them, like, how did you come up with this great idea? You know, what was it that sparked it. And they would inevitably say, well, I, I don't know. It just came to me. So then I would ask them, what were you doing right before that? And what were you doing right before that? And attempt to reverse engineer it. And it turned out that every single one of them all followed the same process, whether they, they realized it or not. So really what made me want to write this book is to share this process and take away people's thoughts that they can't be innovative, that all of these ideas that they have inside of them they're afraid to share because they think that they're silly, ridiculous, or, or that they'll look stupid to say, no, here, your idea is amazing. It might need, you know, some polishing and, and exploration, but here's the process that you can use. And it works because I have all this research with people who do use it and have used it throughout many decades of, of time, whether it's personal life, their entrepreneurs, startups, corporate executives, you know, $25 billion companies, it works across the board. And so I, I wanted to show people that everybody is an innovator. They just need to see the process. Can you just briefly tell us a little bit about the process and maybe some key takeaways that you want people to get from your book? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the process is simple. It's five steps. And sometimes it can feel deceptively simple. But the first thing that I noticed with these innovators is that they're highly observant of the world around them. They notice the smallest detail in their, in their daily experiences that we're, you know, busy on our phone or preoccupied or thinking about our to-do list or, you know, grocery list, or, you know, I have to spend my holidays with my in-laws and how am I going to handle that kind of thing? But they're highly present and highly observant. And that's the first step of the process is, is to observe the world around you. The second thing is to take what you've observed and distill it into patterns. And your brain naturally finds these patterns as long as it's reminded to do this and, and given space and time to do it. When I say space and time, you know, time could be 15 minutes and space is just some, some area away from where you normally think or, you know, do your daily activities. And then the third step is really what I call the magic step. It's being able to take these two things that are theoretical, observation and, and distill, and now relate them into the real world of the work that you're doing. And that's understanding what are the patterns that you've seen behind this and how might you relate that into the work that you do. And then the fourth step is generating ideas. And historically, when we think about coming up with ideas, we get together as a group and we say, okay, let's brainstorm ideas. And every idea is a great idea. There's no such thing as a bad idea. And, and in truth, there are a lot of crappy ideas come out. So, you know, ideas get a bad reputation. 
And people say, well, you know, ideas are easy. It's the execution that's hard, but really the execution is hard because they didn't start with great ideas in the first place. And then the fifth step is really important. It's understanding how to pitch that idea. And when you pitch it, you really just start back at the observe stage and you tell the story of what you noticed, the pattern, how it related to the work and how it inspired the idea that you came up with. And I do, that's the process. I do start it front end by teaching people how to come up with an objective statement so they know they have a focus for the ideas that they're coming up with. So I'm certified in design thinking. And so everything you're, you're talking about is very, you know, kind of similar to that. And before I did my certification, I didn't think I was an idea person. I didn't think I was creative. And when I learned about design thinking, I realized that I was using lots of design thinking throughout my corporate career without even knowing that I was doing it. And so it was interesting to kind of have that aha moment. Like, oh, I literally did observation here and came up with this idea. And then we created a solution for that. I had no clue that I just did that, but I did. And so I think even a lot of people don't even know when they have that natural gift because they don't have a word for it, or it happens so simplistic. Like you're talking about this simple five-step process that they don't even know that they're doing it. And so it's interesting to kind of hear your process Cause I'm like walking through and I'm like, yep, that I've done that. And it's fun to be able to come up with ideas. And like you said, but pitch it in a way that they're going to be you know, sold or like, yeah, you can do it and then see it be, be actually created and, and go through that process. I think is, is probably the best part of being innovative. Yeah, I agree. And, and I know what you mean about design thinking. I did design thinking as well before it had that label or was a thing. The company that I worked for when I worked on my master's degree, historic preservation architecture and a lot of um, design of children's hospitals and things. So I learned the observe, distill and relate from architects about how they take inspiration from their design, what they observe, the patterns, you know, how it can relate and, and in different contexts. I just didn't know it was design thinking, you know? So it's, it's something that I think many of us probably do on some level. But because we don't I identify as an innovator, we don't think that we're innovative people. And that's what I want people. One of the things I want people to take away from the book is that we need to rethink how we define innovation. And it's not only about that specific group that has that title. Everybody's an innovator. Yes. And mall changes are innovative. Like that is innovation. It doesn't have to be a new app. It doesn't have to be a new product. It could literally be a tweak of a process or uh, recognizing that that piece has to be removed from, from a step. And, and that's innovation. Like it's not always the, you know, I think everyone thinks that, oh, you have to be a product designer or, you know, something, you know, within the tech industry. And it's like, no, this happens every day in our professional and our personal lives. It is. It's about being able to, uh, to identify opportunities, whatever they might be and solve problems. There was one company that I talked to, they had a person in finance and their, her and her team spent 40 manual hours reconciling you know, things are putting together this report and she identified it. She took inspiration from the IT department, said what we really need to do is to be able to streamline it. She taught herself our programming language, wrote a program. And so now this 40 hour a month process takes 20 minutes. That's highly innovative. It literally, you can see exactly what the takeaway or what the return on investment is from that example, because you went from so many hours to minutes. And then now this amazing person has a new skill 
that she can take to her next company, to the current company, to, you know, starting your own business. I mean, that that's awesome. See that someone can like see the idea, build the skills around it and then execute. It is. And I think it's also that ability that she's removed 39 hours and 40 minutes of drudgery from her month you know, almost a week of drudgery. So there's, there's the financial ROI. I think there's also the emotional ROI of this. And and we don't often think about that aspect of innovation, but taking away the drudgery of people's work. And it's not about taking it away so you can get rid of that position. It's freeing them up to do work. That's more valuable for the company. Absolutely. Yes. I think the, when you say emotional, I, I don't think anyone ever thinks <laughs> about that. We go. Uh-uh. <laughs> we look at the bottom line. And and if you if you take it to an engagement piece, now you have an a, a higher engaged team because you did. You took away probably, you know, what I would call their frog that that 40 hours made it 20 minutes and and now they can do stuff that they really enjoy or at least be able to, you know, move forward to another task without having to do that mundane, I'm sure lots of typing numbers <laughs> into a spreadsheet, which was probably extremely boring. <laughs> they could write a book now. <laughs> exactly. They could take all that time. Yes. Yes. That is, that's perfect. And they could, they could talk about the new system and, and how exactly. that's improved the business. Yes. <laughs> yes. When you were writing this book, did you have kind of a key reader? that you were writing it for? I, and I do, I do write toward an ideal single person to make it feel personal. And so I would say I wrote toward two of them. The first half of the book talks about the process and how to do it. The five-step process that I just came up with. And when I wrote that part, I thought of every single person who felt that they didn't know how to come up with an idea and broke it down and made it as simple and relatable and doable as as possible. Now in the second half of the book, it's more about, okay, as an organization, how do you build an entire organization of original thinkers? So that's more about my, my target client is a vice president and above at a company generally 50 million or more and helping them understand if you're not getting the financial, the business results, all of these tick marks that matter to executives, if you're not getting those, then you need to start looking at what kind of culture do you have that allows for innovation that's not related to product development, but an entire culture. And if you're going to ever have a company that has a culture of original thinkers, you have to reverse engineer it and start out with the individuals. Well, well, individuals, you now have this process, you know, to learn, to come up with the ideas, but in order for individuals to have impact, we all work in teams and it's the results of teams that determine corporate success. So it's, it's helping executives understand every, you know, people may know this process, but now what, like, how do you make it have an actual impact on your business? And I am able to tie individual competency with coming up with ideas to corporate performance. That's super fascinating. I'm sure it's uh, lots of interesting pieces there because we look for that. We look at competency, like what are the core competencies that are going to, you know, help the business thrive? What are the, you know, core competencies that a person needs to have in that organization for them to thrive and, and being able to align that with the innovation side, I think could be very impactful. Absolutely. So being kind of a serial writer, I would love to see if you have any advice for a new writer. 
I think the first thing that I would do is talk to your intended audience as much as you possibly can. And that's one thing that I learned all the way through is that the more you can understand your audience and their vocabulary, their phrasing, their pain points, what their world is like, the easier it's going to be to write your book. I can't agree more with you. Two of my favorite things that I tell people is outline, outline, out. Please just create an outline. And then I talk about the reader persona and your voice, how impactful that is. So Carla, the reason we're here today is to learn more about you and your book, but it's also to, to hopefully get the audience to buy your book. Where can they find it? And how can they connect with you after this? Absolutely. Rethink Innovation is available where all great books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I always give a shout out to my local independent bookstore, The Tattered Cover here in Denver, Colorado, because I believe in supporting independent bookstores because there's often books that you can find there that you can't find other place else's. Online, I am Carla with a C. CarlaJohnson.co. There's no M at CO for Colorado. I live in Denver, Colorado. And then if you want to know more about the book, go to CarlaJohnson.co slash rethink book. And there's um, more information. If you bought the book, you can put in your code and download all sorts of free bonuses. I always love when people connect with me on LinkedIn and, and let me know that they heard me on a podcast like the Book Smarts Business Podcast and uh, follow me on Twitter at Carla Johnson or Instagram, CarlaJohnson.co. Fantastic. I will make sure I put all that in the podcast notes. That way they can be able to connect with you, purchase your book. And I love that idea of having that code where they can go to your website and get more information from you. So smart. Thank you again, Carla, so much for being a part of the Book Smarts Business Podcast. And I'm excited to hear what lies in your future. Thanks so much, Jody. It was really fun to be here and talk about this side of, of books and writing them. It was fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and share this episode with a friend. In the meantime, join our business author community where you can connect with other business authors and learn about becoming an author at authors.influencenetworkmedia.com. Until next time.